one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tonight, I'm going to kill two birds. <laughs> Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 20th of January in the year of our Lord 2000. The second week in a row, Sleepy Hollow is top of the charts in the box office. The only notable video game to be released in the second week of January is Jane's FA 118. Oh, a must-have for flight simulators from 20 years ago. And still, because we clearly haven't been worshipping the old gods enough, Westlife's I Have a Dream cover is still for the 300th week in a row. The number one song on the charts. (laughs) I am delighted with this news. Uh Uh-huh. But what was happening in the little company known as WWF? Was there a pay-per-view coming up named Royal Rumble 2000? And what was going to happen in the main event of that? The answer to these questions and more can only be found here, right now, on the Cult Audit Classic Smackdown Review. You're joined by two men who are doing a Lanny Poffo in WCW. We're both self-isolating and making the most of it. You've seen, of course, Matthew Gregg and his lovely, lovely co-host, Tom Campbell. I am the genius of world-renowned, and things to do in the house can now no longer be found. (laughs) It's been (laughs) two weeks since we've been locked in, and uh, I'd like to thank uh, my good lady and Pablo, neither of which have chosen to try and kill me in my sleep, uh, for having to live with me 24-7. It's an honour and a privilege. Uh, I'm so excited, Matthew, because... Uh, time of release, I am mere hours away from finishing my two weeks in isolation. Um, oh, fantastic. As I developed symptoms, uh, just as we were going into our self, our work from home system at Cultaholic, so I was told two weeks self-isolation. So tomorrow, I get to go on my first daily government-sanctioned walk, and I am living for it. I'm picking out an outfit to, to wear to Tesco and everything. It was like, well, I've been in Germany with all the Italians and Polish people and all the, the melting pot of the Diddler virus, as it were, according to the news. And so I saw I stayed for two weeks just to make sure. It's like, well, no symptoms here. Who wants to hang out? Lads? Lads? Oh, I see. Uh, everything's gone to poo. Right. Oh, OK. I've misunderstood the situation. Now I get it. Back inside then. And luckily for me, I have Doom Eternal to keep me going and I would like to thank the makers of the game Bethesda for giving me ulcers as I'm stuck on the penultimate boss 
No, not the last boss, the one before that. There's a lot of pride and dignity to be stuck on the last boss of any video game, but the penultimate one, Tom. Oh, mate. The penultimate. It's, 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 like, it's like you are you are permanently in the number one contender's battle royal before you have to face Brock Lesnar. That, well said. It's like losing to Rodney. <laughs> from the it's Mean the Street Posse or from Only Fools and Horses? <laughs> You know what? I'll leave it ambiguous, <laughs> Rodney. We had a chat on the phone the other night, didn't we, Baff? We did. And we were talking about non-wrestling-based games that we should play. Because we're not going to see each other face-to-face -face for a couple more weeks at the earliest. So I feel like we need to do something that isn't based around watching wrestling from the early noughties. <laughs> My brain went to RuneScape, but I don't know if it's two-player. RuneScape. Good God. Um, <laughs> Uh, two player? What you mean? Just via a website? For like, me and uh, you, just to have a little play yeah. on. But this is the reason I was yeah. bringing this up is because anyway. I was gonna ask if if you listening to this wherever you are, presumably in your homes, uh, could tweet at Matthew Gregg or at Tom Campbell suggestions for non wrestling games that Math and I can play during the great lockdown of two thousand and twenty. Just just so we're not always talking about old wrestling, really. There we go. So when we come out of our bunkers and people go, what have you done? We can't just talk about the big show's terrible run in early 2000. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Tom, I like the bit of the show where you bring us into the world of wrestling, into the bubble, as it were, with a Dave Meltzer wrap-up. Okay, so Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer newsletter for this week. Before Matthew starts talking about uh, what happened on SmackDown this week, let's take a look at what Dave was talking about in the Wrestling Observer. And, oh, math, mate. Math, mate. This is, this is the week. This is officially the week <laughs> that WCW absolutely falls apart. Oh, is this the week before sold out? Oh, oh. allow me to spin a yarn oh, for those God. who do not know. So, WCW have a pay-per-view coming up. It is called Sold Out. It is at the end of January. And it all looks nice. Bret Hart is the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. And he is in the main event against Sid Vicious. That'll put some butts in the seat. <laughs> um, it's Bret and Sid in the main event. We also have a triple threat theatre between Chris Benoit and Jeff Jarrett. That'll be good, won't it, Math? Jarrett and Benoit wrestling three times. You know what? That sounds like a good pay-per-view, and I don't think anything could possibly have gone wrong, especially because this is the 20th of January that we're talking about on SmackDown, and sold out was the 16th of January. So I assume everything went all right there, Tom. Exactly! Well, here's what went down. <laughs> 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 Go on, Tom. It is a very, very much wrestling curve your enthusiasm. So, uh, just days before the pay-per-view, Bret Hart suffers a concussion and he is off the show. There's been some concern about Bret Hart since December after he took a good old welly from Goldberg and has just had some trouble with his vision and generally been feeling off and he's now been diagnosed with a concussion. He was set to be in the main event. That is now not happening. Okay, fine. We'll find a replacement. The show will go on. Jeff Jarrett, around about the same time, uh, was in a steel cage match with Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Because it's... This was on Monday Night Bruno, right? <laughs> this was on Monday Night Bruno. Uh, and Jarrett... Uh, Got hit with a superfly splash by Snooker off the top of the cage. Very impressive. Um, however, in the process, suffered a concussion. 
and uh, he said it was possibly the worst pain that he's ever felt in his life and he is off the show so the so four matches from the from the pay-per-view are now off because Jeff Jarrett and Bret Hart both champs have concussions so they have to think of a new plan and it's Vince Russo who steps into the board meeting a few hours after all this has gone down and he's got the he's got the master plan math he's got the solution to all of WCW's problems he's fixed it mate he's fixed it stands in the boardroom and goes bro hear me out bro hear me out bro we're gonna do a rumble match we can't call it a royal rumble because that's owned by the wwf we'll do a rumble and tank abbott is gonna become the wcw world champion bro it's gonna be great bro um do you know what the reaction was to vince russo's plan of action he was thrown through a window like Hitler in Danger 5. <laughs> That's... Uh, no, it's, it's somewhere along the lines of that, though, Tom. I don't think it was very positive. It was a metaphorical throwing through the window. As literally following this meeting, Vince Russo was demoted to a lower role within the writing team. <laughs> we all become a family of travelling acrobats. <laughs> This is from the Wrestling Observer. Sadly, not the Wrestling Acrobat. This is from the Wrestling Observer. While the idea of making Tank Abbott champion was not the reason for the demotion, it was symptomatic of destroying the foundation of the products and titles in Russo's changing concept of what pro wrestling is and a concept not favoured by those in management who wanted the soap operas in addition to good wrestling matches and felt that was also, based on their reaction, what the fans wanted since management had gotten very little positive reaction or positive numbers and feedback in recent weeks. So that drag-along sentence from Dave Meltzer basically says it wasn't about the Abbott decision. It was basically the fact that Russo has been crap for quite a long time and this was kind of the the cherry on top of the crap cake that led them to go do you know what i think we're done with you as the lead writer now this is a little bit dangerous yes i think they looked at each other and went ah russo isn't quite the great military strategist that we once thought he was uh hmm but that's just part one of the sold out 2000 debacle. Uh, what's the next bit of news, Tom, that's somewhat relevant? Oh, so um, there was talk about changing up the card. And one of the names that was put into the top of the card was Chris Benoit. And it was the belief that Chris Benoit deserved an opportunity. But this was born out of something completely different. So, uh, Russo is gone, and it was believed, even before Russo had left, that the next person to take over the writing for WCW was going to be Kevin Sullivan. Now, history dictates that Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit have quite a storied past uh, as a result of uh, Chris uh, currently um, dating. Was he dating or was he married at this point to Nancy Sullivan? He was married by 2000. They were married by this point. So there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, personal vendetta between Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit. And there was this concern that now Russo was gone, Kevin Sullivan was going to take over the booking for WCW. And that was pretty much going to put paid to a lot of guys in the company who Russo had issue with. So with a lot of heat on Chris Benoit, uh, Benoit, a long time, a lot, as well, along with longtime friends, uh, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, 
Perry Satin and Shane Douglas, uh, a few other names in this mix included Billy Kidman and Conan, were planning a walkout of WCW. And as a way of placating those people, Chris Benoit was told, you're going to be our number one guy from now on. Don't worry about all that stuff with Sullivan. We'll keep it over there. Bill Bush is going to come in for a bit. It'll be fine. You're going to be our top guy. You're going to be the world heavyweight champion. And as these meetings were going on, it was sort of... It was realised that the other lads wanted out and they were going to be let out. And... The consequence of all this, which is documented beautifully in other places, is that at the sold-out pay-per-view, Chris Benoit and and Sid Vicious headlined for the vacant world, the vacant WCW World Championship. Chris Benoit became the WCW champion, and the following day left the company. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on here. There's First a lot to unpack how- there. <laughs> Right, with how late they discovered all this, by the way, they had to announce the main event of Benoit versus Sid on the pre-show. Like, In fact, they announced the whole how late card, they found out on everything. the pre-show, didn't they? It was the whole card yeah. they had to change on the night. Right, uh, the Jarrett Benoit series became uh, Billy Kidman against the Revolution. So we defeated uh, Perry Sutton in the bunkhouse brawl. The very infamous Dean Malenko catches catch can match where Malenko, did he accidentally, deliberately on purpose, mean to eliminate himself after a, a rollicking two minutes 36? We'll never know. But certainly if I was leaving the company the next day, I wasn't going to give my best effort for Billy Bloody Kidman. And... Then also then The Wall defeated Billy Kidman in a caged heat match, which someone described as sounding like one of those women's prisoner films you used to see on TNT. (laughs) And yes, Benoit beats Sid to booze, by the way, if you want to watch this on the network. It's not like, yes, finally, our guy. Yes, that's right. The little guy wins again. No, this is 2000. Sid Vicious was a bigger draw than Benoit for WCW at this point. So there's much booze. And it's one of these interesting things which I've considered. Sullivan says he was going to put the rest of us in front of him and not about himself. And yet, when knowing they'd been uh, they'd been given their releases by the company to, by the way, immediately leave to go to WWF, which yeah, it is was insane a, it was a by no, itself. Yeah, it was a no qualms release wasn't it there was no yeah. gardening leave it was just there you go there's your contract you're free agents do what you like which is ridiculous when there's a war on that that's crazy but sullivan has always presented this like look look what a good guy i am i'm of the opinion that by kevin sullivan putting the world title on somebody he knows he's leaving he's not doing it for benoit he's doing it to go look guys look i i I'm, i did my thing I, I think it was a political move by his point to show, like, look what a selfless person I am. The man who's leaving with the title the next day, I'm going to put the title on. That's a horrible decision. That's one of the worst decisions you could make for any company. But he went, no, no, look, see, absolutely no issues. And I think he just did it just, uh, you know, for his own benefit, because it absolutely did not benefit WCW in any way. It was quite harmful, quite ridiculous. And this preceded a, a ridiculously amazing series of title changes on Nitro of uh, Commissioner Nash, because he beat Terry Funk on the pay-per-view here, where Sid Vicious defended the title against Nash, Ron Harris, Don Harris. Oh, that was it, right? Um, so 
it's just amazing at this point. It really is the, the series of three or four days they had, no one leading up to this. All the changes that happen, all the incredible decisions take place. And that's why I spent so long talking about it because it can't be, it can't be stressed enough. This makes UFC 249 look well organized. Big shout to uh, <laughs> Shane Douglas in all of this. Oh, <laughs> of course. As if there wasn't enough news here. Go on. Shane Douglas, come on, guys. Who's with me? Looks around. Guys? Guys? <laughs> so basically, Shane Douglas was uh, one of the, the nucleus of people who were walking out of WCW at this point. Benoit, Malenko, uh, Saturn Guerrero, and Shane Douglas. <laughs> And Douglas was really up for going, yeah, let's all go over to WWF. Let's all leave the company. And then they all left the company without him. <laughs> Which is, if it was anybody else, I'd feel like it was really harsh. But because it's Shane Douglas, it's quite funny. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of humour to be had here. Um, especially because, just for context, all of them, but Guerrero, were in the Revolution stable. So I imagine they're all going to show up with a little berets and going, that's right, revolution, and whatever. <laughs> and they completely killed the move straight away. And, yeah, they apparently were mo most interested in Perry Sutton, is a thing I've heard. And then Sutton went, well, can I bring my other guys over? They're like, oh, sure. I'm sure we could find something for, you know, Eddie Guerrero to do. Isn't that crazy Somewhere. to think that out of everybody in that team... The guy that you assume is just sort of there because his mates brought him in is the main reason that <laughs> all the others were brought in. I kind of get when you when you look at it and you look at the, the WWF product of that time, Perry Saturn probably is the strongest fit. It's almost like, oh, Jimmy Anvil Nineheart, you're great, you're great. What's that? You want to be in a tag team with your friend? Oh, okay, yeah. So let's see what this little kid's got from Calgary, <laughs> is he? Oh, okay. It's sold out 2000, and is, is it not? In, these, in this time of uh, conflicted pay-per-views and uh, troublesome times, with WrestleMania this year in 2020 looking rather similar to elevated enzymes of the liver mania we had. <laughs> the Great American Bash one year. So I think we'll move on to the thing that people have tuned in for, SmackDown 2000. So <laughs> let's start. We start backstage with Triple H welcoming the rest of DX to Providence, Rhode Island. They're thrilled. <laughs> Triple H expositions Raw, saying DX destroyed the Acolytes so well that tonight they get the night off. Xbox says, yay. No, not you, Xbox. Triple H, you have to wrestle Test. <laughs> and then let's see if I can imitate Xbox here. Test? <laughs> Triple H, it's okay, Xbox. The winner of that match gets to be number 30 at the Royal Rumble. X-Pac, ooh. <laughs> but what about Cactus, say the New Age Outlaws? It's okay, he's not here. He's got a family illness. And that leads us into witty woo, witty woo, witty woo, witty woo. Incidentally, and that line, uh, weird to be mentioning it this week when they go, Cactus isn't here, he's got a family illness. In 2000, everyone goes, oh, shenanigans. In 2020... Oh, no, so that's him off Mania as well, then. <laughs> As I was say, speaking of the, that, Undertaker is still in the intro to the 2000 SmackDown, where he should be, rather than risking killing AJ Styles at Mania with the diddler virus. <laughs> and here we go with a big bag of pyro, and speaking of big bags, here's the big show. Oh my when God. he's walking the ring, and he's dressed just like Ethan Suplee from More Rats. <laughs> I, wrote down, I wrote down here... Out comes Hobo Big Show. <laughs> it is not a flattering look. God, he to looks say the least. rough here. My God. Put a bit oh, of pride just in your appearance, man. 
Crowd instantly chants for Rocky, and when Big Show doesn't transform into him, they go with asshole instead. Big Show says, you people sit here and boo me. I take the time away from my family to shake your hands and kiss your babies. No, don't do that, Big don't Show. Don't do that now. you. <laughs> social distancing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's only it's only in this particular year where a wrestler that that promises to shake hands and kiss babies is a heel. <laughs> right. Because I think you ask him for spare change. <laughs> he does. Oh, why does he look so trampy this week? I just don't get it. Is it was it like? <laughs> Was he like, was he, like, the only thing I could think of was he was on like a family day out and then someone rang him and said, you know it's Smackdown tonight? And he went, no, Smackdown's on Thursday, you dingus. No, we tape on a Tuesday though. Oh yeah, I forgot, I got on my way. He went right from his shift at the docks to <laughs> the Rhode Island arena. <laughs> so he says, no one back there likes me and you want to know why? And I'll put in brackets here, voice break. Because none of you will ever be seven foot. Womp womp. Rocky's not going to win the Rumble. I'm seven foot. I'm 500 pounds. I'm bigger than The Rock. I'll win my title back at Mania. I hate Rocky. Come out so I can shove your head up your ass. P.S. I'm seven foot. (laughs) He says no one could be seven foot two and no one could be 500 pounds. Mate. Uh, by the time, by the time all this is blown over, I reckon I'm going to be about five hundred pounds. <laughs> the challenge accepted, hobo Paul. Yeah, you got the first out. The, you got the hard bit out of the way. Just the seven foot bit. I just got to get on winning. the rack now, and I'll be fine. <laughs> Rocky shows up, and uh, Big Show's five hundred pounds at the start. Of this will be four hundred pounds sweating after hearing Rock's line of, "You're the people's champion. Hell, you can take the damn people." <laughs> Where was that line 10 minutes ago? Is that that drivel that we just had? Uh, Rock puts over his specs. Did you know he's seven foot? Before mocking him. Why, why are you booing me? Why? <laughs> That's the impression he did. He's Causing so Show to get so frustrated, his hat flies off. <laughs> and, gets stu- and gets stuck in the air vent. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, woo! Flies off. <laughs> Guest director, Benny Hill. <laughs> He then chases Rock round the ring to sped up music. <laughs> well, walks fast. <laughs> the Rock commentates himself. Maybe The Rock will walk down the ring just like this and stop midway down the ramp just like this. He's <laughs> doing it as only The Rock can. But before he can reach the show, Kane and Tori show up. Ooh. Tori gets to speak and makes Big Show sound like Harley Race by comparison. And... <laughs> The gist of this is Kane is big and therefore could also win the Rumble. But before he can do anything, here's Triple H and Steph. Triple H says, if there's one thing I hate, crowd, what do you hate? It's a bunch of egomaniacs. Crowd chanted Cactus Jack and Triple H puts on a mildly scared face before carrying on and on and on at this segment as outstated its welcome like a Dolph Ziggler push. He does say uh, that which, <laughs> he starts he starts a phrase quite well, then I think forgets it or has remembered it wrong, where he says, he says, tonight the creative juices are floating through the air. <laughs> that's not... Oh, he's mixing metaphors. He gets his metaphors all upside the, upside the head. Like, no, the creative juices don't float through the air because they're water. 
they're, they're liquid-based. Water, unless it's raindrops, even then they fall. They don't float. <laughs> there was a good bit on um, one of the Sopranos Doug Post and things where it's like all the malapropisms that are on the show and this stuff like people going, you know, <laughs> what was it? I want to I insert a bit of dysentery amongst the ranks. <laughs> I want I want Triple um, H's thing just to be just to be always getting these phrases wrong. You can hey, time. hey big show. You can lead a horse to water. You can't throw a bird at a stone. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't. <laughs> Tonight I'm gonna kill two birds. <laughs> <laughs> What with? Don't matter. Probably a pedigree. <laughs> a stitch in time means Jericho's not getting a push. <laughs> right, moving on from this drivel. No, uh, crowd never move on from this drivel. <laughs> crowd chant slutted Stephanie. So Trubich gets the mic and goes, hey, don't talk about Tory like that. <laughs> Poor Tory. They say a broken watch is always right twice. <laughs> and tonight, Kane, you're right. You are in a match. <laughs> <laughs> One if by land, two if by sea. <laughs> main, main event is a three-way. Kane versus Show versus Rock. Lumberjack over the top rope match. Uh huh. Rock starts reiterating, but Big Show attacks him and he gets the call Kane, the big red retard, which is sometimes censored and sometimes not, depending on the ratings that we can guess. <laughs> Rock is encouraged to not say the R word, that's why they lost Uggs. Anyway, <laughs> Rock gans Raj like the dash for the last past year, Greg's, and that ends the opening segment after nearly 20 minutes. Oh, it was a lot of talking, wasn't it? A lot of talking. I That's thought it right. was quite nice to have a break from a Triple H promo to start, but it's all right, we'll get one at the end. <laughs> oh, good, yeah, he does another one later on where he goes, just so you know, Rock, you can have your cake and suck it. <laughs> Just so you know, Cactus Jack, they say a watched kettle never boils, but I'm watching you. <laughs> I love broken metaphor, Triple H. <laughs> this will have now replace this... Bulldog and Test Banter going forward. Have you heard the? Have you heard the story of the tortoise? And the hairy man. <laughs> Prince Albert, you're in a match tonight against Boston. <laughs> we get a replay of the accolades from three months ago, the last time they were at the friendly tap. They had a big brawl with the locals because the bar was good to them after hours and deserved a plug, I guess. Uh, this location would be homaged in the No Mercy N64 game too, so... Those were some well-spent free beers by oh, the Friendly absolutely. Tap. absolutely. I loved in No Mercy when you could fight in the Friendly Tap. That was brilliant. The Unfriendly Tap, Tom. <laughs> the get sued. Unfriendly Tap, sorry. <laughs> that was great, though. When you went backstage, you could do a pedigree on the pool table. That's right. The Friendly Tap. That's where all the drips hang out. Hey. Anyway, X-Pac versus Test starts off the show, and why not? Test is the hardcore champion. After beating Big Boss Man and Raw, 
ending Bossman's longest relationship in months. <laughs> ending Bossman's only relationship that didn't end with somebody getting beaten up or cooked or killed. So it could have been worse. <laughs> Tess, uh, Lawler gets a lovely line as Tess still wearing the uh, prisoner of... I've forgotten my reference. He's wearing his big hell. Tess's nose has been broken on more than the Ten Commandments. <laughs> it's a good line. See, Jerry Lawler can get these right. Yes, he can. Mal Pop for Test as he's against X Pac, and even Gronk would be acceptable against Test. Spinning sidewalk slam is impressive, as is the big boot out of nowhere, but before Test can hit the big elbow, Road Dog distracts the ref, and X Factor ends it. Yep, back to dog pile on Test, even when he's got a championship. They just can't leave um, him alone, can they? Like, he's now the top of a division, and he's still getting a shoe in. Well, do you ever have one of those friends where you like him and you do enjoy his company and you would help him whenever possible but you do also enjoy taking the mick out of him wherever possible I think I am that friend oh Tom <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't know anybody then I guess you are <laughs> no we've got, uh, we've, got D- we've got DJ Chop for that in our friend circle Chop uh, uh, Chop if you're listening to this mate you still haven't paid your dues <laughs> <laughs> See, I am in on that in joke. Yes. That's great. The rest of you, the rest of you suckers, can just try to catch up. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Backstage says something so inaudible that everyone in DX has to ignore him and move on and <laughs> contemplate the idea of X Park versus Triple H in the main event of WrestleMania. And then we get a stunning debut of the Steve Blackman and Al Snow tag team who are walking backstage. Al Snow is still looking for a partner after Foley ditched him and he lost matches teaming with the Dudleys and the Hardcore Hollies. And he says Blackman is perfect. Foley had three personalities, and Blackman has none. <laughs> That's a good, good logic there. But, but Steve Blackman annoyed that he can't sue him for slander. 
but which which super unit could we put up against this new tag team of Al Snow and Steve Blackman, Matthew? Oh, God, Tom. Which you know great what? new friendship can we put to the test against Al Snow and Steve Blackman? From, from Triple H's broken metaphors to our favourite wrestlers, <laughs> broken everything, <laughs> Kurt Angle tonight teams up with the Bull God himself, yes! the British Bulldog. I can hear the cheers. Let me take my headphones off. Yay! Oh, thank you, thank you. Bulldog's back, <laughs> and That's he looks right. as and he looks as pepper army as ever. <laughs> I'm back, <laughs> and I'm worse than ever. <laughs> he is now. Now he doesn't even need to wrestle. He can just sit <laughs> on the side on the and hold the tag rope. That's right. Now in um, now in crispy barbecue flavor himself, he's back. <laughs> On Raw, it was Blackman versus Angle again, but Bulldog crotched Blackman with his own stick to help him win. That's right, hoist by his own leotard. <laughs> Angle has just been informed he has an unnamed opponent to face at the Royal Rumble, and he's not concerned with the guy he knows the country. I've written this badly. He's not concerned, comma. He knows the country would be devastated if he lost. Crowd boos. Angle says Providence makes some of the, the press states and the UK look good. <laughs> so he's just insulted, though with Britain, but DBS is so out of it, he just nods in agreement. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't he? He just like arms crossed, like big chin out nodding. <laughs> yes, you're right. The UK is crap. <laughs> whatever you say, I just want to get paid. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Got Who's going to win the Rumble? <laughs> Angle's going to win the match at Rumble because he's bizarre. <laughs> I won the European title with a broken freaking dignity. Everything. <laughs> with his sister watching the front row with a broken heart. <laughs> I won the anyway, European in title with a broken freaking <laughs> love of wrestling. <laughs> I won the IC title with a Brett, I'm effed. <laughs> <laughs> the Hall of Famer himself, the British Bulldog. Not yet, he's not. It's been put off. <laughs> Where's I've my Hall of Fame ring? And... <laughs> Where's my Hall of Fame ring? You call that a Hall he of hit... Fame ring? He hit WrestleMania with a trash can, so it's been postponed. <laughs> WrestleMania got amnesia. It's forgotten the Hall of Fame. What bulldog? You're the <laughs> bulldog the Hall idiot. of Fame. What are you talking about? We never said that. That was a joke. <laughs> we knew it wasn't happening, so we just chucked a lot of random names in there: the Bellas, Liger, <laughs> Bulldog, Batista. Yeah. It's not real. Yeah. yeah, we thought you'd get it. it. Was a joke, you know. <laughs> the Berserker was going to be next. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Maybe they knew it wasn't uh, happening, so they just chuck, chucked a load of random names in there. I, I tell you what, what if they get Bulldog Jr. to do a promo as British Bulldog Senior? Tonight, I'm going in the Hall of Fame, if I want to or not. <laughs> That's right, does the people want it? Tonight, in this Hall of Fame, I'm going to be the winner and not the loser. Yeah, just, <laughs> 
Terrible stream of consciousness promo was Bulldog good graces with every time a live mic was put in front of him. I want him in Davey, I want him, I want Dave Boy Smith Jr. in tight blue jeans, <laughs> like spray tan level number four. <laughs> I, that, that's yes. the Bulldog I want. He looks like Hogan in 98. <laughs> yes. And you would have thought that this opening promo and getting insult by Angle would be the highlight of this very <laughs> prestigious back the Right, the match itself. So we start off, Kurt Angle blocks a kick from Blackman and pops the hips to suplex him over his head. And I quote, Woo! Bulldog tries for the power slam straight away, but Blackman escapes by going over his head, kicks him, goes to the top rope for a gentle kickoff, and then pins him. That's the match, a minute 12. Why are you guys so harsh on the bulldog because of this? This is like this is like this match was a bit like when you your mum made you play No Mercy with like your younger sibling and they're about four. So they ain't got a clue what buttons they're pressing. So you're Steve Blackman, you do a rudimentary move off the top rope and pin them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this was. <laughs> bulldog just on his back, done. Oh <clears throat> really? If you heard the microphone loud enough, you can go, Angle, how do I kick out? <laughs> Angle, I'm aft! <laughs> First match for the Bulldog and Angle team, aka Brodeen, like Codeen. <laughs> and somehow ends up being a better tag team than Bulldog and the Anvil from 98. <laughs> God. I think it's the Moving last on. as well, isn't it? This is, I don't think we see these guys again. No, we. I, I check Gage Match. There's a few more appearances for Bulldog because they've just signed that deal with Channel 4. They can't get rid of him yet. <laughs> the, Maybe that's what? why I had the Rumble 2000 be so over the top and gruesome. It's like, oh, no, we've we've lost our deal with Channel 4. Phew. <laughs> bye, Bulldog. Yeah, bye, Bulldog. Oh, God. So where we are? Oh, yeah, moving on. See, now I've just got in my head. The, the adult bottom jeans, jeans. <laughs> fur. The blue, the blue fur. <laughs> Looking at her. Her. She wants a shot, she wants a shot, a title shot, a title shot. <laughs> where, 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 where. <laughs> I've got, he hit the floor only once. <laughs> That's all he needs, just the one. <laughs> he turned around and gave that big booty some smack. <laughs> anyway, God, enough, enough. Poor Bulldog. Moving on, at the Rumble, it'll be the Miss Rumble swimsuit competition where Bulldog will throw trash cans at all their heads to see. No. Um, so we get an uns, uns, uns video of the participants doing their Miss World shtick on Raw. Ivory again a heel for calling Lola a pervert. Lolo's reply, yeah, so. And the cat again promises nudity. Sadly, so does Mae Young. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, more of, the, more of that to come. More of that to wait. Oh, what a moosh boost that was. <laughs> 1-800-COLLECT uh, is paying us a damn thing. So here's the first ever Photoshop John Slam of the Week. <laughs> Photoshop John, it's for your feet. <laughs> Photoshop John, pay him now on Ko-Fi. Is it, it called Kofi? Kofi or I've been Kofi? saying Kofi. Is it Kofi? Oh, I might be wrong then. 
Oh, Give him no, some money on Kofi. He'll, he'll fix some photos for you. That's, that's, that's the job I had pronounced. <laughs> Whichever it is, anyway, the, support your artists. That's exactly, yes. Support your artists. Oh, art, artist singular, which is John. Some of the week is the Dudleys 3Ding both members of the Hardys and then powerbombing them both through a table. Mm, that looks, that's a good look for them. Mm, I uh, wonder if it's something during, that they will keep doing. Mm. And during the end of the next match, we get a mention of the just purchased WWF. I beg your pardon, I've just burped in the microphone. <laughs> WWF. Burp. The, I don't know where that came from, I beg your pardon. During the end of the mention of the just purchased WWF New York. Ooh, we nearly got ourselves a restaurant. Yes, it ended up being a money loser in the end. But if I'm right, they sold it for a profit. Uh, anyway, there's lots of stuff that happened in New York to carry on. And we get Matt Hardy versus Devon Dudley. Commentators mentioned the first ever tables tag team match at the Rumble is happening. So we get a fast-paced, bump-filled action. This is Matt Hardy's first match about. back as well, isn't it? Am I correct? No, he returned last week in the six-man. I stand corrected. I will sit in my corner. <laughs> I will prop I, up. I love that. I'll I know that. Bulldog's head up. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what happened on Raw last week of 2020, but you, <laughs> how dare you not remember Matt Hardy's big comeback? <laughs> anyway, crowd doesn't care about the action. They want titties. Uh, Bubba yanks Matt out the ring and shoves him into the steps with a DQ, and then chair shots everyone and punches the ref. The Dudley set up tables by the entrance ramp, but Jeff knocks Bubba off the stage. And he takes the amazing timber backwards bump that only Bubba could do. And Matt Hardy puts Steve on through another table with a leg drop. Amazing stuff. This felt like a big deal. This felt like a real shift. And, and, it, and it's something that will go on to put these two tag teams on the map. And it's something that stood them out from everything else. I don't think I'm... I'm racking my brain whether or not we've seen anything like this with 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 non-main event guys in WWF. No, their, their push hasn't been as sustained as I remember it, but uh, ever since the No Mercy ladder match. But they are there on the weeks that they aren't being distracted by titties. Um, who else has been... Angle, I would say, is, is getting there week after week. But yeah, you're right. So there's a sustained push. Oh, strap in, lads. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the New Age Outlaws visit the Friendly Tap, and the patrons love them. Also, the barman has one of the biggest mullets I have ever seen on an individual. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It makes Barry Horowitz's look subtle. I mean, did you see this mullet? This, I saw the mullet, and I saw the bar staff and the, and the bar patrons when Road Dog and Billy Gunn turned up. And I genuinely thought, and, and I don't know whether I've been in isolation for too long now, if I walked into this bar and I was greeted with this kind of fanfare and this kind of banter, I'd leave immediately. <laughs> I just don't have the energy. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. Uh... <laughs> oh, uh, but obviously this, this episode is brought to you by The Friendly Tap for some reason. I don't know. Well, it's just, yeah, yeah we, we all keep coming news. back here, don't we? Oh, yeah, that, that's how friendly this tap is. We can't keep away. <laughs> and we get a replay of the thing we just saw with the Hardys. Replay show Matt Hardy flying through the table. Somehow managed to squish Bubba's face so he's cut open. So we get the maniacal look of Bubba standing up with blood coming off him. It's that vacant expression 
would do Bubba very proud rather this year. I find it fascinating when you watch these old shows back, and it's only a small thing, and I'm sure a lot of it's, it's obvious to many, but like in, in, in this day and age, if somebody gets accidentally bust open in a match, it's look anywhere but at that. Whereas in this era, that I doubt was meant to happen, that bit of bloodlet. So, but then it's like, zoom in on it, focus on it. Don't let the camera leave Bubba Ray. Look at all that blood. It's just funny how this compares 20 years difference. Yes, and on the other show, Sold Out 2000, which I haven't talked about enough, uh, Terry Funk versus Kevin Nash happened on pay-per-view. It was a no-DQ match, and Terry Funk ended up bleeding a lot, because of course he would. And they pan out. They do a wide shot. They go, wow, look at the crowd here tonight in this empty arena. And that's how WCW was, even in 2000. They were like, no, no, no. Standard Practices says we can't just focus on blood. That's that's not right. Meanwhile, on UPN, the network of Shasta McNasty. <laughs> I've had that brought up for a while. Wait, backstage, Crash Holly wants something to do. But HTH Holly doesn't want to hear it, as he has China and Jericho at the Rumble. So he throws his cousin out the locker room and into Big Vis. Crash Holly is undeterred and wants a fight with Big Vis. And Vis goes... <laughs> we aren't far away from Crash Holly becoming a, a bit of a star in this company. That's right. Like That's, a, he wants something to do. Yeah, and he's going to have something massive to do. Something that... I think yeah, Viscera. we'll put an into <laughs> once he's done with Viscera, he's going to have something to do in, in the next week or in the next month or so that's going to put him and and an entire division on the map and kind of change a big element of wrestling. Absolutely, and it's it's crazy how stacked the show is getting with all the cool stuff we're about to see. Mm. The two cool six man tag match is brought to you by WrestleMania XV on DVD which is being re-released in 2020, by the way. That and a bunch of other WrestleManias. You can get a HMV. Apparently, it's uncensored as well. It's also brought to us by phonefree.com. That's right. And the movie The Beach, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. That's right. Nominated for a worst raspberry for acting. (laughs) And the only thing I know about this film, I haven't seen it, is the fact that they filmed... uh, What was it? Thailand? I believe so. Uh, They absolutely scuppered the natural surroundings to make it look more beachy and paradisey, and we're supposed to pay for it to be undamaged afterwards. But they were not able to do it any justice. They'd done that much damage that it could not be fixed. Oh, so it was wow. a big lawsuit. And it was all irrelevant because the tsunami then damaged everything and it was restored to its natural glory. Oh, blimey. <laughs> How about would it be if the natural habitat and surroundings of a, a lovely area has been destroyed? for a crap film <laughs> you'd be devastated wouldn't you <laughs> yeah sorry this, there used to be a beach here but Shasta McNasty blew it up because <laughs> they like the ambience of the area but they wanted to do a, a scene with a shopping centre in <laughs> yeah that's right yes didn't there used to be a, a waterfall here yes but now it's a Starbucks they, they, they've changed a lot of how they film since then which is which is good to hear like there is like there is scenes in a Transformers movie that was shot in Newcastle yeah. that's right I have yet to see this but I do know that Trent Seven and other wrestlers do also make a split second cameo very split yeah but I don't, I know, I don't know how long they're in it for and which scene but I know that the Newcastle bits were filmed because and please tell me if I'm wrong uh, there was some New York scenes they needed to pick up on but it was too expensive to shut New York down but 
shot Granger Street in Newcastle for a day at a tenth of the price. So they did that instead. Oh, it's not even Newcastle. It's Granger presented Street. as if it's New York. Yeah. No, no, I mean, but it's not. It's not like in the film. It's like, meanwhile, in Newcastle. No, no, no. Like it's, a... it's just. It's just those scenes, and they're adapted to look like something else. Oh, oh my God! We're in New York. And you know it's chaos because they're all driving on the wrong side of the road, <laughs> eating pasties. <laughs> right, okay. They just drove past the Tesco and the Black Garter <laughs> in New York. <laughs> Here we are in Trillions, New York. <laughs> hey, what's Jack doing coming out of Rise in New York? <laughs> Anywho, and... Too cool. I'll take it on China, Hardcore Holly, and Jericho. So the co IC champions and Holly. Jericho insults everyone, saying the ring looks like the Moss Easley banned from Star Wars. And thankfully, after wins the IC title, this rumble, he'll never, ever, with the crowd joining in now, have to look at them again. See, it's funny how Jericho's evolved. That used to be a stick to annoy people, but now he's doing it for people to join in with. So, Jericho made a fun comment when he said that the the people in the ring made it look like the Star Wars cantina scene. That was nice, wasn't it? It's a cool were like, hey, that's a good reference. <laughs> he was he was brilliant here. I enjoyed his work here. Yeah. More fast, quick action. Another bit where Jericho beats down Scott too hotty and yells, "Come on, Scott Taylor!" Yeah, that was strange. Calling him Scott Taylor. That, the recurring bit of getting names wrong. Silly Billy, that's got too hotty. Jericho saves China from Rikishi Driver. It all breaks down as Team IC and Holly ignore the referee and beat down Kishi in the corner. And it's called off by the ref. Woohoo. Well, two for three so far. Kishi belly the bellies China and sets up the Banzai drop in the corner. Jericho looks like he's about to make the save, but instead hits Harker Holly with a chair and Kishi drops on China. Mixed signals there. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't know why China was. <clears throat> I mean, I get it because it's the whole thing of Jericho could have saved China but chose not to. Chose to attack Holly instead. But uh, China getting dropped by the super face Rikishi was a strange move. Yeah, I think it was more, more to make Jericho look bad because he could have made the save, but he didn't. But why would he get along with them, the co-IC champion? Whatever. Look, this is near the end. We're nearly there. <laughs> We're near the end of this weird bit of the IC division. Right. The the final furlong. <laughs> Wait. More friendly tap. Oh, joy of joys. Barman and his mullet make the mistake of saying he thinks the Acolytes will win at the Rumble. And the Age Outlaws beat him up and throw him out. Brr. They act like to watching this on a TV and decide that they're really thirsty. I don't know. Some of this, I'm so tough, grr, barroom brawling, grr, I chew glass because I'm that hard. Maybe impressive dialogue to them, but it can be very dull as hell when it keeps on going on and on and on. Yeah, I think they enjoyed doing these skits more than uh, more than people enjoyed watching them. Right, this is how they think they look on nights out. Yeah. You talking to me, punk? <laughs> yeah, can I have your autograph? Okay. Bossman is here, and we get a replay of Test ending the Reign of Terror after Alba attacked him on Raw. Test finished with the stick elbow combo off the top. It's nice. And Prince Albert gets the mic. And I quote For years I watched you, and finally you became my mentor, teaching me more about this business than I ever learned in just a few short months. Okay, Albert. No wonder they gave you the gimmick of guy who couldn't speak English when he came back in 2013. <laughs> you know what this means, though? This means no. that technically, technically, NXT is thanks to the big boss man. 
My God. Because Albert was one of the Albert main trainer for NXT. And if Bossman trained Albert, technically, Bossman is NXT. <laughs> Just going to let that sink in. Uh, that's a good one, yeah. I have nothing to add, but it was a good point, Tom. <laughs> and believe it or not, crowd doesn't care about Albert or Bossman or their lover's quarrel. So thankfully, Bossman is pro enough to yell, shut the hell up, to the crowd who weren't making any noise. <laughs> to the crowd who weren't saying anything. <laughs> After some tepid action, the ref gets attacked third time tonight, and they brawl uncontrollably before the scab referees and Sergeant Slaughter come out. Ooh. This is a feud that is so white hot that a former WWF champion has to try and split them up. And that's right, Slaughter trained boss man. So Slaughter is NXT. <laughs> oh no, wait, sorry, that can't be right. Slaughter was too busy in the jungles of Nam. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely there and nowhere else. Yeah, sorry, Jungles of Nam in 89 for a holiday. <laughs> Just remember, playing Jungle Strike on the Mega Drive does not count as national service. <laughs> Damn it. By the way, I was reading the Wrestling Reserve flashbacks from 95 on for the Block of Doom, and they were bringing up Cobra and uh, Sergeant Pittman feuding. And apparently the feud originally started with them going that they were in Nam together and like one of them deserted the other, so now it's back for payback. But then people come in, wait, you're in Nam together. Hang on. You're in your 30s, so what? You're a, you're 12 years old when you're stationed in the jungles. <laughs> so then they changed it. <laughs> right, so then they changed it to um, Desert Storm instead, but they kept on forgetting. So apparently this promo was like, you left me in the jungles of Iran. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope that's true. And, you know, Iraq, not Iran, because that was just me being stupid. I was blinded by a sandstorm in the jungles of of the Congo. Where are we again? <laughs> Somewhere east. <laughs> Somewhere not America. I, I hid behind a giant dragon festival that had me taking place. <laughs> In the deserts of Vietnam. I saw from the canopy that there was a sandstorm on the way. The New Year's celebration. The New Year's celebration in the deserts of Vietnam, which of course is in that country, is in March. As the wall came down. <laughs> the president of the time of Nam was of course Gorbachev. He shook hands with both Ronalds, Reagan and McDonald's. Reagan and McDonald's. He went, the wall! It's the wall, brother! <laughs> History. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, moving on from Plagoon. Uh, the Rock and Lillian Garcia are backstage. The Rock says, on one hand, we have a statuesque giant retard who you can't understand what he's saying, and on the other hand, you have Kane! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> It's all right, I checked. The Rock is allowed to say that word because he's not using a hard R. <laughs> soft R. Anyway, smell and the rest. Yeah. And Viscera is here. He's not dead. <laughs> but guess what? The 13 appears. And again, the mood is about to change. What can this mean? It's we now starting to sound like Peter Sinertia doing the talking. It's now starting to cut through a think... little bit more, which is quite exciting. Yeah. 
They really should have gone with the orange balloons being launched, like originally discussed. <laughs> Every, Every week, there's up. balloons. <laughs> Nothing says menacing like balloons. The balloon is about to change. <laughs> <laughs> the helium. The moon is about to change. <laughs> Comes out, my god, Taz is here. We represent the lollipop. <laughs> Stand up, we talk to me, Taz. Oh, sorry. <laughs> can I can I ask you, right, as the man behind Botchamania, chat me up on this. Um, yep, yep, yep. You know the the Taz intro that you created <laughs> that features yes. an umpa lumpa coming out of the cave as JR goes, It's Taz! Right. Yes. Has Taz ever seen that? No. Taz has said, oh, yeah, I watch Watchmen all the time. But when I was on his radio show one year, he immediately blew his cover to all the people listening uh, because he went, hey, we've been having some uh, audio difficulties this morning. <laughs> we'd, we'd obviously been on your show if this had been the case. And I went, oh, Taz, don't worry, you're always on your show. Oh, he's up there. You're always on my show. He went, am I? And I went, you lying get out. It's a recurring segment. He was on TNA every week. <laughs> Doing, you know, the amazing commentary job. And I, I unironically love Taz. No, you Taz know, is great. Smojo, Smojo doing a scent on Splash. And you go, oh, it's like a small foreign car landing on you. <laughs> I miss I miss all the band we had on SmackDown about Joey Numbers. God, yeah. Um, no there's one match. Joey Numbers. There's one match on, maybe it was Heat. No, not Heat, even Warner. Metal, there we go. With Mike Awesome was on there. And Taz clearly still had issues of awesome, which is completely ridiculous to think about when you think. But anyway, that's another story. The point is, Mike Awesome is wrestling, and Taz is just. He's never been more on form. Like, Mike Awesome's like, come on, let's go. Starts clapping, and all, uh, Taz is like, wow, he's clapping. I don't know, maybe that gives him strength. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> just insult the dog poo out of him. Oh, it's wonderful. Anyway, enough of this discussion. We'll get to. The awesome Taz debacle when we get to it. It's Viscera versus Crash Holly, Battle of the Super Heavyweights. Viscera immediately throws Crash out the ring. <laughs> like, as soon as the bell rings, like, right, get out. And you go. Crash Holly tries to put chest with Viz and gets knocked down. Uh, spinning wheel kick from Viz is uh, sold amazing by Crash Holly, probably because it was a lot of genuine weight knocking poor Elroy Jetson down. And Crash dodges a charge in the corner. He gets the Tornado DDT. For two, as Crash is launched over his head. Referee Teddy Long clearly not enjoying this match, as everyone else is, as you hear him yell, go home, very loudly. <laughs> so Crash Holly gets on Vizra's shoulders with the big man, swinging him round into a sit-up powerbomb, and ends with a big splash. Again, I'm a big fan of these Viscera <clears throat> three-minute matches where he just busts his ass, bump, 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 move, move, move. And that, that's great. Sometimes that's all you want from a big guy. I don't want these 15-minute Triple H wank fest. No, and I thought Crash looked good here as well. Like, beauty of a Tornado DDT. Beauty of a Springboard Missile Dropkick. Like, Crash is somebody I can get behind. Yeah. So I don't think this hoop, the Super Heavyweight stuff's working for him. If only there was another division he could go into. <laughs> <laughs> the Cruiserweight. You are correct. Oh, God. Update <clears throat> on Steve Austin. So he can legally advertise he's on the show. Uh, Dr. Lloyd Youngblood is on the case, so he'll be fine. This is around the time when he really was the, the man to go to for neck surgeries. 
Does Dr. Lloyd Youngblood fancy Steve Austin? He likes the money he's going to make out of it, I'm sure. <laughs> it's just the way that, like, the little smirk on his face as he says, he's a healthy young man, he's well-muscled, very solid bone. <laughs> not yeah, but you think he's attracted to his... He's, he's not loving him, he's loving his... Look at that skeleton. Oh, oh Look at the cartilage on that. Oh, it's on like neck bone. <laughs> But I enjoyed Dr. Lloyd Youngblood giving a State of the Union address, like the doctor on the podium with a picture of Stone Cold's neck going, well, he's all right, but this is buggered. Yeah, Lloyd fixed, uh, God, everybody, Edge, Angle, uh, who else was there? Anyway, there's a long list of people, El Rhino, they fixed. If he was around when Marie Antoinette was having her issues, there'd still be no democracy in France. He's that good with necks. <laughs> Yes, that was a convoluted joke. It did take me a while. I got it. It was uh, <sighs> halftime heat returns on January thirtieth. I and forgot I look there was a halftime. Not knowing, heat. right? I'm, I look forward to not knowing what that was. Yeah. <laughs> what happened next week? Because obviously we know halftime we, heat two thousand. We know halftime heat from nineteen ninety nine was a future echo yeah. of WrestleMania thirty six, but hey. we don't know what was actually on halftime heat in two thousand. So I'm I'm up for this. Yeah. Edge is here. We get replays of Raw as ENC lost to Godfather and D'Lo. Good God. As Christian accidentally bumped into a hoe. I hate it when that happens. She fell off the apron and Edge, the Valiant Edge, went to check on her. So Christian got pinned. Oh boy, the return of the wacky ENC finishes. We've had a week Phew, away from them. Her. It's nice to, hear, nice to see them back at us again. Exactly. Reunited and it feels so good. Tonight's taking on Gangrel in the singles match. Edge is rumoured to be judging the swimsuit contest with Freddie Blassie. What mad lib is this? <laughs> they wonder how Edge's new fiance, Valvinus's real life sister, will think about this. And that's currently the only plot point he's got going from right now. No wonder he was losing the D-Lo. Anyway, we get a lovely counter DDT sequence with Gangrel and Edge, which is very un-Gangrel. And after a dive to the outside, Luna tells Edge something in his ear, and then the rest of the women bounce out to curry favour. Mae Young, the WF's favourite punchline, kisses him, and Edge loses via countout to Gangrel. The wacky Edge finish of the week, brought to you by Johns. <laughs> this was a hilariously ridiculous finish of just all these women at the same time decided, deciding we're going to try and bribe the, the judge of the swimsuit competition. <laughs> Incidentally, right, right, if uh, Edge and Freddie Blassie judging a swimsuit competition, it's very WWF 2000 or very Joey Janela's spring break, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's that, a good one, Tom. Very much a mad lib, like you said. Yeah. Anyway, we, we move on from Edge and May Young tongues jockeying for position <laughs> to the acolyte showing up to the tap as everyone leaves dramatically like they're John Wayne and John Wayne. Why were they leaving? Yeah. Were they just they just not like the acolytes? I think it was like, oh, here comes trouble. You know, <laughs> that type of thing. Like, Katie, bar the door, the acolyte. Um, they spot the New Age Outlaws and <laughs> it's probably the highlight of the episode for me because they, they're, they're mock 
excitement at seeing them is like uh, Bradshaw going, oh man, my dog would kill me if I didn't get an autograph of Road Dog. And Farouk's going, oh, it's Billy Gunn. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't do that line justice. There's one bit of the episode we need to watch. It's Farouk going, Billy Gunn. What I find I funny is Billy- about the whole bit is that the acolytes walk in, everyone leaves, they're chatting at the bar, and all this time, Road Dog and Billy Gunn, their opponents for the Rumble, are just behind them playing pool. Yeah, they see them, but they're like, oh, you know, they're all over there. <laughs> We're just going to chill here for a bit. Wait a minute, I've got two balls left, and I've got Billy, so, you know. <clears throat> they brawl, and the hoodlums from three months ago show up to take some bumps. And what bumps they are, with Gunn going through the karaoke machine... And someone taking a brutal bump onto an arcade cabinet. God. Uh, Bradshaw takes out a Bud Light sign for the Red Sox. Uh, I guess because River Island hate. I don't care. River Island. Because Rhode Island hates them. I don't care. River Island's not a fan either. Baseball. Yeah, River Island hates you too, Red Sox. And yeah, there's some very impressive bumps here with the arcade cabinet shot and the karaoke machine. It's this, yeah, it's it's friendly type. Get a plug. They get to do their fantasy of being, yeah, it was so hard. Yeah, it was so tough, which apparently Bradshaw believed in real life until Joey Styles and the fist of reality came crashing down. Anyway. 1-800-COLLECT presents The Rumble. And why have I write that? Why have I typed that down? Who cares? Sorry, it's, it's Kane versus Big Show. Why don't even bother typing that? It's just sometimes it's nice. Just, I, I do that, to be fair, every week. I'll write something down and I'll go... I don't know why I wrote that down. There's one bit that I wrote down that I forgot to mention, which was ages ago. The time has passed, but I think since we are laughing at our own notes, what was it I wrote here? Um, The WWF Divas are doing a signing tomorrow. All the photos show them looking bored. (laughs) Yes, that that was a thing at uh, WWF New York. It's like all the divas, and it's like, and BB's there. You're like, oh. <laughs> but the, okay. like, if you can find it in this episode, then you get ten points. It's this. It's the picture of all the divas looking bored. Like, why would you want to go to that signing? Because titties. Fair point. One. Kane versus Big Show versus The Rock. <laughs> and guess what? The Rock's book is number one in the chart. Of course. It wasn't released. It escaped. <laughs> it's a bad book. It's such Ugh. a bad book. But it shows you just week. the absolute gold that The Rock is at the moment, and the WWF in general, that they can release just a piece of garbage like that, and it's a number one New York Times bestseller. Yeah. A lumberjack over the top rope match doesn't make any sense, but... Who cares? Rocky, Rocky. If he can get that booked and won the charts, he can make this match work. It's all punchy, punchy, punchy until Kane gets the Enzigiri on Big Show. But eventually, Big Show chokeslams The Rock outside to eliminate him. God, not happy with that. Big Show mouths off at him, so Rock re enters and Rock bottoms him. These are some bad lumberjacks. And one of the other highlights of the episode Rock turns Big Show round, and so he's facing the hard camera. Big Show's upset face. As the rock is about the rock bottom, it's a hilarious sight. I don't know if you spotted that, Tom. I did. I was confused as to why a full-powered Big Show 
The moment the rock's arm went under his armpit, he suddenly lost all power to fight out of it. <laughs> like, it, if he was a smaller guy, you could maybe get away with it. If the rock hit the move quickly, you could understand it. But, like, the show, he's such a joke at this point. Like, gets hooked in for it, and it's just like, this move has just completely just paralyzed him, it seems. I can't yeah. move! Even though you're smaller than me. It was embarrassing. <laughs> End of the distraction, Kane dumps Big Show, and then everyone jumps in for a big brawl. Here comes the big pie fight. Yay. So that was the only reason why we had the Lumberjack stipulation, was just a quick way to yep. get to this schmoz, this pre-rumble schmoz. Yep. And with everyone going, wow, this is what the rumble's going to look like. And they do this every year, and it's fine, it's whatever. But you think that'll be the end of the show, right? With those big guys headlining? I no. genuinely, genuinely closed my Google Doc, assuming that was like, the end like of the what? show. No, instead, Triple H in the ring shows us clips of last year's Rumble with the rock of mankind, Gan Raj. And look, mankind has his, high, his hands tied behind his back. I wonder if that'll come up this year. Mm -hmm. anyway, Triple H mentions that in the front row that match like how this fat piece of crap is in the front row for a Triple H. To, to which Kevin Dunn goes, crowd of, cuts a fat piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> he got the shot of the guy. Camera one, camera one, camera one. I think we spotted the guy. Yeah, and I think he's doing that because he senses the crowd's getting a bit bored. In the front row was his family crying their eyes out. So he says, don't bring your kids this year because it's going to beat you up worse than you've ever been because a stitch in time saves your family <laughs> from therapy bill <laughs> and Cactus Jack shows up to let us know his kids won't be there not because he doesn't want his kids to see what happens to him but because of what he's going to do to Triple H yay there you go that's a good line Cactus, uh, Cactus says he's not going for trash cans or chairs he's going to destroy him with thumbtacks and turn Triple H into the world's largest pincushion. Ooh. He says his kids will not be watching the Rumble because they're watching SmackDown tonight. So he wants to give them a sneak preview with Triple H and him brawling. Triple H going for the pedigree through the announce table once more. But Cactus countering on the pull-up pile driver. And Cactus Manchin getting his whole ass on camera. Oh, his tighty white is on show for Cactus Jack. That's right. They're on week three. And <laughs> He's turning them inside out tomorrow. It's fine. Oh, God. Wasn't even a recession. He's just tight. <laughs> and we go off the air with Cactus posing in the ring with a giant Triple H sucks Jack's Cactus sign in the crowd behind him. Oh, that was brilliant. I, rem I remember that. I'll we'll get to stuff we remembered in a bit, and it's, it's not significant to you, but I always remember that sign appearing behind Cactus Jack as he picked up the belt. Oh, nice. But that is the end of this week's SmackDown. So as we like to wrap things up, you always go with Tom. What was thing that, that, that what was something you remembered? <laughs> sure. What was something you remembered from this week's episode of SmackDown? Well I remembered you just choking on your own words just then. I think that was a personal highlight to me. I had to really wrap my brain here to think of something that I remembered from this episode. And I think the one thing that I remember is um, the, the was the promo was not the promo at the end, but it was the long-winded promo at the beginning. I remember even as a kid thinking they're talking a bit, and Big Show looks weird. As I always remember that for probably the wrong reasons, but uh, I remember that. What about you? What do you remember? 
I remember the leg drop off the entrance ramp because, not because I'd seen the episode, but because I had the card of it. And I'm trying to find where it was. As I'm doing this, I actually thought, what were those cards? It was the... It wasn't... Oh, there we go. Raw Deal. That's right. God, Raw, oh, the, oh, yes. It was the card game, wasn't it? Yeah, Raw, Raw Deal. <clears throat> not sure if anyone else remembers this. I, so, sure as hell didn't know anybody else who <clears throat> played it. But even if you didn't... Uh, I'm playing it... The cards themselves were very high quality. You got some lovely photos and moves and moments. God, apparently we're not all the way up to 2006. That can't be right. Really? That long? Anyway, I'm going to... <coughs> oh, it's East Blue. Sorry, big upon December 2007. <coughs> Bloody hell, I had no idea it was going on that long. Oh, okay. Blimey. Well, I had a pack and it had that card. Um, I went, wow, that looks amazing. I wonder if I'll one day be able to watch it. But in those days, if you didn't see that week's episode of SmackDown, tough titties, better hope for a replay. <laughs> so it was nice to finally see it after all these years. As a nice prelude and a appetizer for the amazing tag team table match we get. See, I that was my thing I'd forgotten, which was the, 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 the fight over the tables in the run-up to the table match. I forgot that Bubba took that beautiful fall backwards. And then it'd been followed up with a leg drop as well and got blood through it. I'd forgotten all about that. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. What a great way to build to, to their table match shenanigan. Yeah, nice. And if you have any thoughts on Raw Deal, please message me or Tom because we love hearing about these nostalgias much anywhere else. And, you know, WF New York, have you ever dined there? Or oh, yes, we'd love to hear what you when you were there. What did you forget from this week's episode? Edge... And the weird, like, all the women love Edge and he's so sexy and handsome. <laughs> now that is unattainable. Ain't that the truth, Tom? Oh, always the way, isn't it? Always the way. Tell you what. Oh, you're single? Eh, uh, right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're engaged? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, certainly now. <laughs> Let me just now put on. <laughs> So Sexual next, <laughs> So next week, it is the Royal, it is Royal Rumble time on the Smackdown review. So uh, I believe you and I owe the wonderful people that listen to this nonsense a watch-along, sir. Wow. You know what? It's such an important pay-per-view, and I've typed about it before for the UK people that I'm looking forward to it. But also in the sense of, again, I could probably recite it move for move at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll blindfold you for parts of it, and then uh, and you can, and we'll see how well you do. Yeah. That'll yeah, I'm fine. But you know what, Tom? I can't think of anybody else I'd rather be watching it with. And we will be giving you a watch-along of the WWF Royal Rumble from the year 2000. That'll be on this podcast stream next week. Until next time, he is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Send us some Triple H quotes where he's got popular phrases wrong. That's that's the new test thing. Love you, bye. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 